everyone. This is Florence Bremer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorney and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I have lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and I was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. As a lawyer, it feels I'm never entirely off the clock. I never step away from thinking about my cases and my clients, and it does seep into my everyday life, but I do my best to enjoy my time working and my time not working. So please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. For this week, I am going to talk about why I do this, and to to start with, I'm going to talk about how how my week went and some things that I did to kind of get through the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were a complete blur for me. I was out of the office all three days in court. Monday, I had some morning meetings and then I had a settlement conference downtown. Tuesday, I had a hearing starting at 8.30 in the morning in downtown Phoenix And in traffic, it takes me over an hour to get there if it's an early morning hearing. So I was wheels up out the door at 7 a.m. And um, then had meetings in the afternoon. And then Wednesday was a full day of court, mediation in the morning, and a several-hour trial in the afternoon. I got out of the courtroom on Wednesday a few minutes before the court closed, so right before 5. And then I had to go back to the office to see what I could do about the mess that was my office for basically being out of the office for three days um, in court. And I ended up not leaving the office till about 7. And then on Wednesday night, I came home, and I had a house full of people, which is nice, but I was dragging, and I was starting to feel am I coming down with something? My throat was swelling up and I just felt exhaustion into my bones. And my two older daughters came over and my brother came over and my niece came over. And those are some of my most favorite people in the world. And, um, and I'm thinking, do I just order pizza? Um, and I'll give a tip for kind of a quick dinner to put together. I have a um, recipe for tortellini soup where you can just use fresh tortellini that you get at the and you know like the deli counter where it comes in bags um, and you just put together like a quick vegetable base with tomatoes broth um, and I think you could find a million episodes or a million episodes a million recipes for this type of soup I think I've found mine maybe in Rachel Ray magazine or Martha Stewart they have a slow cooker the one I took was a slow cooker recipe but I developed a fast version of it which is basically 
using a pre-made vegetable broth and adding to it. So if you find that recipe, you can make it quick if you just saute the onions right away and add broth to it and don't slow cook it. Because I, I never think ahead. Like I would never think to put stuff in a slow cooker before I leave. People who do that are amazing. <laughs> I just um, am the master of quick meals in the evening. So I try to find things that I can make quickly or if I see an, a recipe for a slow cooker, I see what can I do to adapt it to um, cook it more quickly. And a lot of times you can. And since I don't eat meat, a lot of these are easy for me because it's a lot easier to cook vegetables quickly than it is to cook meats quickly. And then I put out, um, I made a homemade guacamole. Um, my sister-in-law gave me this recipe and I will share it. Just take as many avocados as you want and uh, cut them up and mash them. I usually cut up some green onion into it. Not a lot because I don't want to make it super oniony. Some garlic salt, a little bit of sea salt, pepper. Most of the time I'll cut up cherry tomatoes into it. Although you could also stir salsa into it if you wanted a little bit more zesty. Or you could leave the tomatoes and salsa entirely out. A tiny bit of lemon juice and you just mix it. And it is everyone's most favorite guacamole. If I make it for a party or for whatever, people are like, wow, this is, is great. And it's just the most easiest. It's basically smashed avocado with a, a few ingredients to it. So I made um, my guacamole. And then um, care of Costco I always have big jars of olives, pickles, artichoke hearts. So I made a, like an antipasta platter and put those out. And it was enough food for everybody. It was, it, it was great with no preparation and not expecting to have people over. So once I made it through Wednesday, on Thursday was my first day in the office. And I was supposed to be in court on Thursday and it got canceled, which was amazing. And then... Um, I had a couple meetings scheduled and one of the meetings I had my staff handle, they were able to, and then the other one was a relatively quick meeting, maybe about 45 minutes. But other than that, because I had had so much court this week and the week before I did something I talk about doing, but don't often do. So usually when I'm in the office, I just make myself available and have my door open. I answer the phone. I'll answer it myself. I'll take every call that comes in and I'll constantly be monitoring my emails. These are things that time management books tell you not to do and that I tell myself not to do. But in the fear of falling behind, um, a lot of times I'll, I'll just keep doing this. But here's where I was by Thursday. I was so behind. I was buried. I had piles of things on my desk. There's a brief that I'd been trying to work on for about two weeks where I would work on it for 15 minutes and then not have any more time. I've a lot of times I'll do this stuff on the weekends, but I've had um, family obligations. Um, and, and I've just been super busy. Like the weekend comes and the next thing I know it's Sunday night. And a lot of times I'll do stuff on Sunday night to get ready. Um, but it's also Sunday nights. I'm 
tired. <laughs> so, you know, how productive am I? So I, um, my um, sister-in-law, who's also my legal assistant, is calling me crabby pants or something because I was, by Thursday, I was extremely crabby. I was dragging. Um, I wore jeans into the office, which isn't bad. Like if you're doing meetings, it's not bad to be in jeans. I don't feel like I need to be dressed up all the time. But um, I wore flat shoes. It was the first day all week. And um, I just was tired. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to be in the car anymore. I've driven hundreds of miles. Also that week, I had to bring in my car to um, the dealership because the week before it didn't start and my husband was able to rig it so it would start, but I knew I needed to get it in and have some warranty work done. So, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I also dropped off my car. They gave me a loaner. Um, I had to, for some reason for me, and maybe more people are, are just more normal, but when I'm not in my own car, it's a, a stressor for me because I have things set up exactly how I want them set up. I have um, breath mints in the door. I have my drinks. I have my hydro flask. I have napkins in the glove box. It's my mobile office. And if I'm in a car that's not my car, it means that I'm taking my, my mobile office in and out of the car. And that's stressful to me. And although you may think a mobile office, her car has to be a wreck, I will tell you this, for the first time in my life in the last few years, I have kept my car very pristine. And that is part of an organizational tool for me. However my car looks is how my life feels. And I had many years where my car was a disaster, especially when my kids were little. When uh, Maggie was born, and the other girls were little. Um, so I had three children under the age of 14 and a baby in a car seat was one of them. My car was a disaster. There would be, it always smelled. I'd always find a, a bottle that was um, curdled milk under the seat. Um, old bags of chips shoved in the door. Kids love to um, shove things into the pockets in the back seat. So when I was able to start keeping my car clean, I always mandated, I'm like, don't throw your garbage in those pockets. It is the worst thing when you go to clean your car and you reach back there and there's just um, an apple core and a banana peel and empty bags of chips and like the craziest stuff ever. And so I keep that very clean. I keep a, a sun visor. Um, a sunscreen for the summers tucked in there, but otherwise nothing else goes in there. Every once in a while, I'll find that someone's sat back there and they put some sort of wrapper, but it's definitely not how it used to be, where it would be jam-packed with the grossest stuff. And so I had this car issue too on top of it for the for those three days. So on Thursday, I, I had to. I had piles of stuff done. Um... I have some big cases coming up in April. I have jury trials coming up during the summer. And I really had to bear down. So I put it on Do Not Disturb. 
It was also a great day because I didn't get a lot of calls. So when I did come out of my shell and get my messages, there was only a few messages. So that was actually a really a delight. And I did things where I answered all my emails at one time, where I sat down in the morning and then at the end of the day. I think I'm going to try to do that more often. Um, the constant emails are, are something else. I find that doing them first thing in the morning, I will usually save having my first cup of coffee to the, at the office if I'm going to the office. And I'll try to do all my emails first thing in the morning and have coffee and kind of make it relaxing in a way. So I put my phone on do not disturb and it's just a button. It's the easiest thing in the world, a button that I press. I don't hear anything. I don't hear the phone ringing and I shut my door and worked solid for probably seven hours. I had lunch at my desk, wasn't taking calls when I have lunch. I'll do that all the time. I will, um, I keep, um, healthy frozen meals in the freezer. Um, Amy's is a good one. Some lean cuisines are okay. Some of them just don't taste that good, but there's some that are pretty tasty and, and not a lot of calories. And then there's all kinds of other brands that are healthier that I can't even think of as a, as I'm speaking here, but I know Amy's is a, is a big one that does a lot of vegetarian. And usually what I'll do is I'll heat one of these up and while, I'm eating it, I will return phone calls. I'll be like, okay, I can eat and return phone calls. It is not a success when I do it. <laughs> so ends up being stressful. Um, usually it's my turn to talk when I've just put a piece of tortellini in my mouth or something like that. Um, so I got so much done. I, I finished writing a brief that had been hanging over my head um, I still have more work to do on it, but the big chunk that I needed to get done, I finally did it. And then I was able to delegate portions to a um, to the rest of my staff to get some work done for me, like get it in that place where I needed it to be, which I could not do for about two weeks. I also did a significant amount of work on getting ready for an arbitration that's coming up this month. And, um, and put together uh, this huge file that I have not had time to do. So got that put together and really got organized. Um, and then a few other smaller projects. I had to terminate an LLC and um, I wrote a settlement agreement, I think as well. A couple other small things, like the type of things where you maybe need 15 or 20 minutes to do it or maybe an hour. And if you're trying to manage the phone or run out the door. And I'm always trying to think, oh, I'll squeeze this in. I'll write this settlement agreement or I'll write this contract or I'll review this contract. It just doesn't work well. It worked great <laughs> to have the phone on do not disturb. I recommend that highly. So something that I was thinking about this week was why, why am I doing this? Why am I working so hard? And I, and I really thought about it and, and it came, the, the hearings that I had this week were great and the clients were so grateful and I thought, this is why I do it. Helping people and when they're thankful and happy. And even when, you know, they can't be happy, 
sometimes they're, they will still be very grateful. Um, there was a hearing that I went to this week and sort of had to share what I thought was bad news in a way, um, a perspective that could be considered negative. And the client was very grateful for it. And I thought they probably hate me at this moment. But then afterwards, they were so grateful that that they were given that perspective. And that really made me feel feel good. And one of the things when I was thinking about, you know, why do it and people being thankful is how do you how do you present your your practice? And I've said this before in other in other podcasts, but it is so much different to practice law than it was 20 years ago when I first started. It I feel like when I think about how my practice first started, I feel like I'm talking about a different person in a different century. When I first started practicing law, both when I worked for another firm and then I went in to practice myself, the amount of customer service, of course, was still important, but there wasn't, people didn't have the options that they had. If they wanted to set up an LLC, they could try it on their own, um, or they had to go to an attorney. There's a dozen different options they can do now. They can go to LegalZoom, or they can go to other sites like that, or maybe they can hire a paralegal, um, or they can go directly to the source and file. That's just one example. But lots of people have, in their legal matter, have different options. So how do you stand out from that? And I think for me is um, just trying to do the best job that I can and providing that good customer service. Something that always irks me as a consumer is crappy customer service. Like if you stay in a hotel and something not great happens and they don't care or you fly an airline. I feel airlines, if you have good customer service, it's always a surprise <laughs> because it just seems that um, that's not really the focus for a lot of airlines. Oh, hey, your luggage is lost for three days while you're in a place that um, is not your home. Well, that's the way it is. You know, things like that. But to distinguish yourself is providing that customer service. And I just know, for me, a, a big thing on customer service is I want I try to treat people, and hopefully I'm successful at this, treating people how I want to be treated. So if someone gives me a phone call or an email, I really, really, really strive to get back to them on that same day. Even if it's a quick, I can't get back to you today, um, email. Um, can't get back to you today, no new updates. I try to be better on updates um, because I realize how busy my schedule is. It To me, it feels like it's constant updates, but then to, because I have, you know, I may have a hundred cases going on or over a hundred cases, but to the client, that is their one case that they're working on. So if two weeks go by, it feels like an eternity, like, hey, what's happened? Um, and 
when I get back to just to get back to someone and say, legal process moves slow, justice isn't quick moving, <laughs> it'll still be a couple of weeks. And I always tell people, feel free to reach out because people, you know, feel like it's a bother. And I don't see it as a bother. It's just part of being able to provide that service. I try to be better of like providing updates, but um, it's sometimes it's har- hard to remember to provide an update that's there is no update. Um, although every once in a while I try to, to remember to do that on um, something where I know we're maybe waiting for a under advisement decision or that sort of thing. And when I do have an update, I really, really, really do my best to get back to somebody um, with the information as quickly as possible. Because I can't imagine if you were waiting for a court decision and, and I receive it and then I don't call you for three days. Maybe there's that type of situation where that can happen where maybe I'm not getting the information. I guess if I was on a vacation or something, although I do check in. But if I know the information, I want to give it to the client, um, whether it's good news or bad news. And I've, it's in a way, it's kind of screwed me over because I'm so, I so want to make sure people get that information that I might have, let's say I have a trial starting at 930. I come in in the morning, look at my emails really quick and realize, boom, there's an under advisement ruling on another case. And if it's something where I need to talk to the client, I don't want to just forward it in an email and say, here you go, deal with it. You're not going to be able to get a hold of me. I try to give them a call that says, here is the news um, and explain it and then say, and now I'm going to forward you this email. And if you want to come in and talk about it more, give me a call later when I get back from court. We'll set up an appointment for you to come in. And and that's what I try to do. And I, another thing with um, communication is the number one complaint levied against attorneys is that they're, they don't communicate with their clients. And I don't think I've ever gotten that as a complaint. Um, I'll get a, every once in a while, get a, hey, I haven't heard. And it's usually because there's just really nothing to report. And like I said, I try to be more mindful of that. Another thing I try to do in customer service is listen. And I listen to so much. I get so much information on a daily basis from from different people. But listening to them is the best way for me to get that information. I feel like there has been many people that I have known in life, and sometimes it's attorneys and sometimes it's not, but they don't listen at all. If Not even in a conversation that I'm having where it's an important type of conversation, but on a in like a social conversation, and they may just dominate it and do all the talking. I honestly don't mind that so much because I I like to listen. <laughs> um, but and I think like liking to listen has been something that has been good for me. Like having that is something that I like to do. 
And so if I am in those social situations, it's fine for me. Um, but it makes me more mindful of um, when I'm listening to clients, how important it is to listen. Another thing is showing up. It's so crazy to me when people call me and they say that their attorney didn't show up to court. How could you not show up to court? I've shown up to hearings where I was 99% sure I didn't need to be there. Um, It was something where it was supposed to get continued or it got settled. And I had that 1% fear that the judge was going to do something or something was going to happen or something wasn't, you know, the judge hadn't entirely ruled on it, the dismissal, but it was going to be okay. I was shown up to those um, or called in over and over again to say, I can be there, I can be on the phone, whatever you need. And when I hear people say, yeah, I went to court and they didn't show up or we had court and they didn't submit any exhibits and I gave them, you know, 100 exhibits to submit, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And I will say this, that is not the majority of the attorneys. Um, most of the attorneys that I've had experience, experience with are great. They care. They listen. They um, communicate. So I'm not saying I'm number one attorney out there and I'm the only one who does this. The vast majority do. But then um, sometimes I've been hired by people who will say, I'm looking for somebody who will um, – show up to court when my hearing is. Okay, I can do that. So my goal is to help people. And I try to remember that when I have just the craziness where I know on Sunday night, I went to bed pretty early or tried to at least. Sunday nights, I can't fall asleep. Um, I am so geared up for the next week that I just try to rest and relax on Sunday night and then hopefully fall asleep at a decent time. But when I have those weeks where it's just in court, out of court, in the car, out of the car, in the office for a few minutes, running out the door, I even felt like I hadn't even seen my staff. I hadn't seen my staff or talked to my staff, and um, which is so odd. <laughs> you know, these are people who are there working, and I wasn't even seeing them. But hopefully I'm helping people, and, um, and that's what it's all about. All right, so I want to read a spot from a friend of the show. Mackey Insurance, are you approaching age 65? Are you retiring and losing your group coverage? Or do you have questions about Medicare coverage options? Contact Tim at Mackey Insurance, M-A-K-I, for sound advice concerning Medicare and your options for Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage, or prescription drug plans. He'll assist you in maneuvering through the Medicare maze. Mackey Insurance can be contacted at 623-551-3500. Eight, five. Another friend of the show is my daughter, Florency. It's my name, Florence, with a Y at the end, and she has a calligraphy business. You can find her on Facebook um, just by putting in Florence Calligraphy. She has a beautiful calligraphy page. She has been doing wonderful work on marriage proposals, 
um, that she's written out in calligraphy. She's written out menus for my other daughter's baby shower that's coming up. I'm going to have Florence do little sandwich signs and things like that 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 I'll need to have done. Maybe do like a, a guest list, things like that. Um, but her work is beautiful. Before I end the show today, I wanted to give a recommendation on a book that I've been reading um, or trying to read for the last couple of weeks, reading when I can. My number one recommendation for things you can do in your spare time is sleep, which is what I was trying to do, you know, keep up on sleep. Everyone around me has been ill. Um, so I'm just thinking all I can do is sleep, drink water, take vitamins, do the best I can. Um, oh, before I get to the book, something really fun to watch if you are like me and grew up in the 80s and are a fan of um, heavy metal music, Motley Crue's movie The Dirt came out on Netflix. The book I read years ago, that book is super fun, pretty gross. It's unbelievable that these four guys are alive. And um, they did a movie on Netflix. And when I first saw the photograph of the guys who were playing him, I'm like, oh, it looks so cheesy. But these four actors were really good. Um, the one who played Nikki Six was great. The one who played Tommy Lee was great. Um, the guy who played Mick Mars was a little bit too mobile, if that makes sense. Mick Mars is so, and this is because of his terrible disease, but his spine is so frozen that he barely moves. So this guy moved more like a normal person, but he did a great job and was very funny. And then the guy who played Vince Neil, his face did not look like him, but he really captured him. He captured his move, his walk, kind of his swagger, and and you forgot about it. It was very enjoyable. It was funny. Um, like I said, like the book, kind of gross, but um, a good movie. It, it cuts out a lot of the stuff that happened in the dirt because there was so much that happened in it uh, that they really focused for the two-hour movie. At times it was sad. There's this very, very sad part, um, a couple of sad parts. You will see them if you watch the movie. It's on Netflix. It's a quality movie. Go ahead and watch it. Uh, the book I'm reading is called The Library Book by Susan Orlean. She was the author of The Orchid Thief. My description of it will probably make it sound like the most boring book in the world, but I love this book. I love libraries, and this book is a combination of a history of libraries, um, the author's perspective, self-perspective on libraries and love of libraries, and a history of the Central Library fi Fire, okay, of the Library file Fire at the Central Library in Los Angeles in the 80s, and the person who said it, and all the damage that was done. And then just again, like what libraries mean to the U.S., what they mean to people. It also had a history of other libraries that have been destroyed. So they talked about books and libraries being destroyed during Nazi Germany, during um, the Roman Empire, different things being destroyed. And when you hear all this destruction, you're like, how are there any books left in the world? But um, it it is fascinating. 
So I'd recommend it. The book itself is is beautiful. It reminds me of a um, old book, really. They have it um, a really nice like. If, if you can get it in the in the hardcover, I don't even know if it's in paperback, but it has this big, thick red cover. It looks like a reference book almost, and the pages are kind of like thick and almost old feeling. So it's just kind of satisfying to hold, too, if you like books. Uh, but it's a good book, and it, it moves pretty quickly, and it jumps around from – her writing is great. So she'll, she'll jump around from – talking about the guy who started the library, talking about the aftermath of the library, of the library fire, talking about the library history, and in in different elements of library history, like sometimes talking more about California, sometimes talking about the world. And it's good. It moves quickly for a book that you think, how could that ever be um, a book that is interesting or exciting? But I liked it. So that's my recommendations for the week. Everyone enjoy their week. Um, I will be back next week with a new podcast. Take care. And I hope if you're on the East Coast, it's warming up. We're having our beautiful weather here in Arizona. And I'm going to go enjoy it for the rest of the day. Thanks. Bye-bye.